I've had quite the morning and I don't know what to do. Listen, if you are here and and you listen to the podcast, then I'm going to strongly encourage that in those days where you don't have an episode to listen to, you pop on over to Instagram and you follow my stories because they're more or less entertaining. You know, my main focus in my work is working with people who have grown up in codependent households who have developed people-pleasing tendencies, they have a lack of boundaries and the inability to communicate confidently, and we work through those issues. So the majority of what I'm talking about is how to be confident, be honest, be transparent, be direct, and set the boundaries in all areas of your life that are necessary for you to walk away feeling respected, supported, heard, loved, and you know, all that fucking fluffy jazz. Now, let me tell you how, as somebody who grew up codependent and as a people pleaser, um, how that then translates into uh, teaching people how to not do it anymore, right? Moving through it, coping with it in healthier ways. But also, I'm a human, right? And therefore, I'm always working through my own things and navigating my own personal experiences where similar topics come up for me. It's rather interesting when I bump into a scenario that collides both worlds, you know, where I have, in this case, what I was speaking about on my stories regarding the incidences that took place uh, the other day and this morning uh, regarding a potential new client and my own need to to set a boundary in how I communicate about my services and intake new clients, but also the the default that I have to want to just accommodate, please, and appease people. When those worlds clash, it's almost more challenging for me personally to move through because A, I've got to set and, and be the example, right? I'm teaching about this stuff. And we often forget that about people of all walks of life, right? Like when the lawyer becomes the one who needs the lawyer or uh, the doctor becomes the patient. Like we forget that people are human and we expect perfection from them. And or, you know, sometimes there's somebody like me sitting around who expects perfection from herself and doesn't want to disappoint and almost puts more hurdles in her path. I got to tell you, the majority of my clientele throughout the years has come from the Midwest. And whenever I tell people this, especially like family members or friends, they're like, really? Because we are so, I am so opposite. Like I'm on the total other end of the spectrum to those that that reside and grew up in the Midwest. 
I am edgy and direct and assert. And I'm not saying that some Midwesterners have those qualities because they definitely do. And I can attest to that. I have the bulk of them as my clients. But the directness, the straightforwardness, it it's an East Coast. Like growing up on the East Coast, growing up in New Jersey, I can't say everybody in our state speaks that way. My parents definitely do not, but I do. And I always got punished for it as a kid and have been told that I can be, you know, almost borderline rude to some people because I'm so direct. Like I was well, I was catching up on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills because I don't keep up with the housewives anymore. But I finished my my binging of New Girl very disappointed in how the last episode ended and the entire series like mm, so disappointed in that but love love the show as a whole so I needed something else I started just catching up on housewives and I'm on reunion part one and Garcelle there if you're familiar but you'll just follow the story Garcelle has a similar type of communication style to me she's just very blunt very direct so they were showing clips because they were talking to her at the reunion and she says and I'm paraphrasing here but she says you know I just I like to get to know people and you can't get to know people unless there's depth to the conversation so I'm not going to sit there and kind of these are my words to it but I'm not going to sit there and kind of like you know, tiptoe around what I really want to know or ask you, I'm going to cut straight through and just ask you, like, when you're driving, are you somebody who, I don't know, you might be, prefers the scenic route? My dad does. He fucking lives for it. Or are you someone who just wants to get to your destination? Like, even when, when I'm driving on the highway, my sister and I talk about this often, when I'm driving on the highway, I drive, like, I speed up until I hit more cars, not hit, literally, like just like when I come up to the next group of cars and then my goal is to get past those cars and then speed up to the next group of cars. Like that's how I drive. My my driving purpose is to get to my destination unless the intention is different, unless I rolled out of bed and was like, let me just take a, a drive just for the sake of driving and there's no destination. That's a different mindset. When I sit down to talk to someone, I'm not sitting there to be like, let's just talk to fucking talk. Like if I wanted to talk to fucking talk, I'll sit at home and talk to myself. I'm really good company. But I'm very aware not everybody is that direct. And honestly, I'm not going to change who I am when I'm talking to people. I'm still going to be me and get straight to the point. However, I do, I'm hyper aware of the fact that it's not always going to be received the same way. Some people get very uncomfortable. I've had people get extremely uncomfortable speaking with me because they they think I'm like um, prying for information and I'm not. I'm, I'm genuinely just basically pointing out something you said or the obvious or whatever. Like one time I had this girl, I'm going to leave this whole story nameless just in case I had this girl. Um, I was at like a birthday party and they, her and her husband walked in and they were talking about how she was pregnant 
And then they sat down at the table. I was, again, it was a group of us sat down at the table and they sat across from me. Now, this was my first time meeting her, but you walked into the fucking party announcing that you were pregnant. So you can't get mad at me when you sit across from me and I go, oh, well, do you know what you're having? And um, do you know the due date and things like that? General pregnancy questions. I didn't say, what position did you have sex in to make the baby? I'm not stupid. I literally asked basic pregnancy questions. Well, she got very uncomfortable with my basic pregnancy questions and told my friend, our mutual friend, and then my friend came to me and said, you know, she... She th- I forget the specific word that was used to describe me, but pretty much thought I was, I was like, I was too intrusive. That was the word. I was intrusive. And I thought, and I said to my friend, um, well, if you walk in announcing that you're pregnant, people are going to ask you pregnancy questions. That's not intrusive. If you're uncomfortable with the pregnancy questions, then you shouldn't have announced it, A, and B, set a boundary with me. And that's that's the thing at the end of the day. I'm not responsible for you when we're talking. Therefore, I'm going to set a boundary if I'm uncomfortable with something you ask me or you say, I'm responsible for me. I expect you to be responsible for yourself. And if you're not, guess what? I'm not going to read between the lines. I just talked about this on my Instagram stories. I am not the person to talk to if you want to hint around things. People who struggle to be clear in their communication, people who struggle to be direct, who maybe are used to having relationships of any kind where they can just hint and you and expect you to kind of read between the lines and predict their needs or their wants. I'm not the person for you. In any capacity, not in business, not in friendship, not in romance. Don't be a family member. <laughs> not that you can remove that from you know your resume, but don't interact with me if you're like that, because you're not gonna you're gonna get really uncomfortable. You are, and I know this from 35 years on this earth. You're gonna get extremely uncomfortable with that. Case in point, like I've had friends say to me, well, let me know when you're bored and uh, we can go grab food. And I'm thinking that's not an invite. I'm not going to tell you how to talk because you're not paying me. If you're paying me, that's a different story. You're asking, but you're not asking. This is how you communicate. Guess what you're going to receive. You just said, let me know when you're bored and we can go get food. Well, I'm never bored. I always got something to do, something going on. And I I love being alone so often and so much. Like I enjoy my own company that I'm ne- that's never going to happen. Therefore, we're never going to go get food if that is the way you approach inviting me. You want to get food with me, you've got to say very clearly, hey, what are you doing on Friday? Do you have time for lunch? Maybe around two o'clock? Like that's an invitation. It's not an invitation when it's vague. It's a good idea. Thanks for the, I'm glad you thought of me. I'm glad you like my company, but I'm not going to, and I have for many years, and this is why I don't do it anymore. I'm not going to handhold you and to to the 
to the end here. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do it for you. I normally, and I have a tendency to do that. I can, I can predict the needs. I can read between the lines. Anybody who has codependent people pleasing tendencies, that's what you've been conditioned to do your whole life was read the room. We, we're excellent at reading the room. We're excellent at reading the body language. We're excellent at reading the facial expressions. We are hyper aware of what is going on around us because it's how we protect ourselves. If I didn't predict the next person's need or want, I got in trouble. I got punished. So I had to do that. Now I'm a fucking expert at it, but I've had to learn to set boundaries for myself where that only happens when you're paying me to do it. Only people who are indirect in their communication, which translates to an unhealthy communicator, an insecure individual. Again, don't misinterpret the word insecure. Insecure just means you're shy and scared to communicate clearly and ask for what you want or need. You don't have the confidence to back it up because you're scared of somebody saying no or you're scared of somebody rejecting you or you're scared of somebody asking why. That's an insecure individual who's communicating indirectly. When I am interacting with individuals like that, I am very aware of that is what is going on. That doesn't mean it's my responsibility to tend to that insecurity for you. Have I done it before? Yes, many, 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 many times over many, 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 many years. So I'm speaking from experience as somebody who, again, grew up a certain way. We're a pro at that. We are not always a pro at only being responsible for ourselves because we were never allowed to be like that. So if we go back real quick to how I started this episode regarding that individual who Go to my Instagram stories, by the way. Pause this, go there, watch that, come back, then you'll be up to date. But this individual who um, lives in my area and bumps into me when I'm when I'm outside exercising, like here's what comes up for me as somebody who grew up that way. I'm thinking, do, am I going to have to stop working out now? You, you're not respecting my boundaries. You keep interrupting my alone time, my me time. This is my time that I literally carve out in the middle of my day. And I even tried going different times a day thinking like you know, people will leave me alone. But that's the thing is that when you avoid, it's never going to work. You have to set boundaries. And that's the challenge for people who grew up the way we did is – you didn't. You weren't shown boundaries because the people that were raising you, um, they didn't have them themselves. So in my case, in this particular example, I did set a boundary the other day on the spot. It was I was outside working out. I was on my phone talking to my mother, and she interrupts me. This woman interrupts me, and she, and I took the headphone out. Like just let sidebar. Somebody's got headphones in. Leave them a fuck alone. This happened with the old maintenance guy here uh, who got fired. Um, He was working and I was working. Like he was working in my unit. I was working at my desk. I had my headphones in. I was not interacting. Therefore, I did not invite you to talk to me. Unless you're telling me about what you're fixing, which he wasn't. He wanted to tell me his life story and about his ex-wife and his financial investments. I didn't invite it. 
But sometimes when you're caught off guard like that, again, it's difficult in those moments to navigate. And it might take you a second. You might misstep, and that's okay. You're not going to get it perfect each time. But then you get angry, and you get annoyed very easily with those people when you don't set a boundary. Whenever people ask me about annoyance, they're like, what do you mean that it means avoidance? It means you're avoiding setting a boundary. You're avoiding communicating. So if I were to avoid working out just to avoid bumping into this person outside, I'm going to get annoyed with the person. When it's not the person I should be annoyed with, it's myself because I'm avoiding what I want to do for me just to avoid respecting me by setting a boundary. Do your boundaries land every single time you set them? No. They're not going to control other people. They're for you. They're you basically setting up the, okay, here's how this is going to work. And you're basically talking to yourself if you think about it that way because the reality of the situation is they may or may not respect it, but you have to respect it. It's your boundary. So I set a boundary with her. She didn't respect the boundary. And now where we're at as of today, we are navigating her breaching my boundary and I'm here recording this before I handle that so I don't know how I plan to handle it yet but the reality of it is at the end of the day I have to respect me. So a lot of questions I'm always getting on specifically Instagram that's where I am the most and and most active a lot of you are asking frequently how to communicate the boundary, and how to even know what the boundary is. Well, there's no black and white answer to either of those questions because it involves your own personal needs and wants, and it also involves the context around this particular situation and individual you're interacting with. For instance, that doesn't mean your boundary is going to change person to person, but the way you navigate setting that boundary is going to look different, right? Like how I communicate with my mother may or may not look differently than how I communicate with one of you, right? Uh, In the case of the example of the individual I just told you a story about, she's a stranger. Somebody I've talked to maybe one and a half times in passing outside. I often stop and say hi and pet dogs when I'm outside, right? Well, I barely had a conversation with this person and um, I'm friendly. So I say hi or I wave from afar as I'm passing, but that's the extent of the relationship. So that's context, right? And the thing that most people don't consider is that More or less, people don't even know they're overstepping boundaries. I, based on my brief interactions with her, she seems rather harmless. She just seems desperate to get her daughter some help. And when we are in that place where we feel like we really need something, like that place of desperation, we can't always hear what's coming back at us. We can't always, we we have our own agenda, so to speak, right? And maybe because she is older, she doesn't recognize that the way I conduct business is is different than, you know, typical 
I don't know, in-person, conventional licensed therapist. My business is based on the internet and I doubt that she has like an Instagram. I don't know. She could. Who knows? But the re- you, you got to factor certain things in that, again, doesn't mean it switches your boundary, but acknowledging those things allows you to be a lot less angry and reactive and feeling like a victim because that's where a lot of people get stuck. They're like, I don't know why I'm being treated this way and I don't know why this person just won't listen to me and they're really annoying me and it's like for one second just create some space between you and that pain and look at the whole picture. Let's just be a little logical, right? And I talked about this again on on Instagram stories about logic. When you read the situation and you got to use a little bit, I hate to say it like this, but I'm going to, common sense. In the in the first instance of me bumping into her outside, she didn't have anything to, she didn't have a phone on her, she didn't have anything to write anything down with. And I wasn't about to waste more of my own time standing there debating with her about how to contact me. She wasn't hearing me. So I obliged by taking her phone number and I took that then as the opportunity to communicate my boundary through text when I texted her later. Uh, she didn't listen to that, so we're going to have to be firmer and clearer in this next approach. Um, so stay tuned for that one. I find it so humorous that like people pleasers are people pleasers because they were raised by people who have no boundaries. So people pleasers don't do well around people that don't have boundaries. That's a struggle for them. They they like to be around somebody who gives them that sense of structure that they don't have. But it's also the very thing that they need to like overcome. They need to set their own boundaries and not rely on somebody else just having the boundaries for them. I find that so fucked up but funny um, because it's like if they were only interacting with people who had boundaries, it really wouldn't give them the opportunity to, to have to learn how to set their own. So it's almost like if you look at this and you just like look at life in general, it kind of goes for everything. We have to be put in situations sometimes that challenge us in order to grow, right? Like we just do. Um, This, believe it or not, I can talk, actually talking about anything has always helped me. Being really honest always helps me hear myself more clearly. I'm a talker, definitely a talker. It really helps me find clarity and it helps me cope with my emotions. Strongly encourage that to all of you. But you don't realize that some of these little things that I'm sharing are really challenging for me. Uh, Another thing that's happening lately um, that kind of coincides with this topic is that uh, some of you, maybe all of you know that I am an ordained minister, so I can officiate weddings. And I've officiated several weddings. Um, I am officiating... um, my brother's upcoming wedding and him and his fiance have we when we had a meeting where normally I meet with the bride and groom and we go over how they want the ceremony to go how do you 
how do you want this script to look? What do you want me to say? And most of them that I've worked with have always had very specific things that they want included, prayers and what. My brother and his fiance are very lax about this whole thing, and they're like, we trust you, Amy. <laughs> just do your thing. We just, we want you to keep it lighthearted, funny. We trust that you're going to do that. We just don't want it to sound like a comedy roast. And I'm like, okay, that those are very general guidelines for someone like me. You want to be a little more specific? Like, how about curse words? Uh, yay or nay? And they're like, no, it's okay if you curse. But just, you know, maybe not too many F-bombs. I'm thinking... This is dangerous territory for Amy Fiedler here. Like, I am honored and so humbled that you respect and love me so much to just give me so much power in this situation and trust that it's going to come out great. Um, super flattered by that. At the same time, fucking terrified. Now, in like every every wedding ceremony, there's like that opening kind of introduction to the wedding and the couple and the majority of the weddings that I've officiated, that part is me normally telling, welcoming everybody, obviously, and then telling a story about how the couple met or something about their relationship. Like, it's personalized. And they've given me such free reign here that, you know, they all they said was, we want you to talk about like you know how we compliment each other as a couple and we want you to speak to us as our sister and I'm like I'm like oh there's so many things I can say um not just loving things but funny things like I have so many funny stories and and I said I, I was having a conversation with my dad about this because Something that me and my dad are a lot alike on, and we always joke when we're talking to my mother about it because she's like, why do you always tell your father things and, and you keep them secrets from me? And I'm like, because he's like a fucking vault. Like, my dad is probably harboring secrets for mob-related activity to this day, and no one is ever going to know because that man is a fucking vault. Like, you can't break him. He is solid. He does not squeal or share anything. You want to tell somebody something that nobody else is going to find out, you go to Jeff. Jeff is not going to spill the beans. Uh, I am the same way. I harbor secrets for, for people that have confided in me for years I know shit about everybody and I don't crack a I mean I sign confidentiality agreements for every client so I would never crack for legal purposes but just in general like friends and family and whatever like everybody tends to tell me the stuff so me and my dad are a lot alike on that note and I was talking to him about this because um I I didn't want the information to go beyond me and him. So I was like, Daddy, you know, they didn't really give me too many, you know, guidelines here. They just they just said, we trust you. And he's, he gets this smirk on his face. Now, my dad is this rather silent man. 
Um, if you imagine him, think think like a combination of like a Kevin Costner and a Bruce Willis. Like when my dad used to go into like a department store or whatever when I was younger, the man kept his aviator sunglasses on. And he's a good looking dude. He didn't ever look his age. So he walks in, he almost looks like a fucking bodyguard or celebrity. So um, he's he's rather, you know, stoic in his facial expression. So I say this to him and he gets this like sly smirk on his face. And I'm like, oh, he cracked a smile. What? And I and I go, what? And he goes, this is this is gonna be like a Seinfeld episode, isn't it? And I'm like, um, is it though? Is it? And he starts he starts imitating Kramer from Seinfeld, like full body movement is now happening. And he goes, you're going to need a Kramer. And he, <laughs> he starts stumbling all over the place like Kramer always did. And I'm like, oh, my God, this man who often can be intimidating to most people because he's so silent and stoic, like he can go one way or another. And in this case, my brother's the first one of the three of us getting married. So I thought, if anything, my dad might want this to go a certain way in his head. And because he can tend to be a perfectionist. So when he cracked the smile and he starts imitating Kramer, I'm thinking, oh, good. I don't even need my brother and his fiance's like uh, validation again. I just got it from my dad. Like if my dad is going to be cool with any jokes I throw out there, I'm good. But yeah, man, like talk about challenging. Try being a, a having people pleasing tendencies and being a, a minister officiating your brother's wedding and being given no guidance in terms of what is acceptable or unacceptable. Like I have to implement the boundary lines based off of my perception of them and what I feel is going to be okay for them. Like that's not a limit saying like we don't want it to sound like a comedy roast. I don't know that line. That's a very hazy line. Where is that line, actually? I never really see it, and sometimes I overstep it. So uh, to say this has been a little bit challenging given no structure, yeah, it has been. But is it good for me? Oh, a thousand percent it is. And that's kind of what I want to leave you with today. Instead of looking at these moments in your life where you bump into the random neighbor who breaches the boundary or somebody gives you no guidelines in in the work that you're going to do for them, don't look at it as a bad thing. Look at it as, an, I say this so often, an opportunity for growth. Look at it as a way to stretch yourself a little bit more and get clearer on what is right and healthy for you. And in this case, if somebody doesn't give you those boundaries and you do overstep, it's not your fault. They maybe weren't clear about what was okay and what was not until they heard it. And and we're all human and that's the case. So whatever you do, speak out or, or take action on, make sure it aligns with you fully and you can back it up with why you did it and, and your own value that that is infused into it. Because that's the only thing that's going to make you 
feel okay and detached from the outcome and the reactions that you're always getting. So that's it. You got a whole episode here on communication and boundaries. And I'll see you next week with, um, I guess, another new exciting topic in the life of Amy. See you then.